Hello there, and welcome back to TapCap Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that uses the same intro and still messes it up every time. I am Corey, joined as always by Mr. Justin Eckhart Slatter. What were you about to say there, Justin? I was going to say we may be the only Star Wars podcast to have ever covered this book. That that might actually be true, because tonight we are talking about Boba Fett, the Attack of the Clones unofficial It's Fight to Survive. That's the name of it. That's what I. Oh, did you say it? Okay, that's what I said. I, it, it sounded like it sounded like you were like pussyfooting around saying it. You said like the Boba Fett attack of the clones. And well, all uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna get there. I had to look up yeah. Boba Fett kid book on Google just to <laughs> check. You just read like a bootleg that is absolutely not the actual. It was, it was, it was Boba Fett. His dad died and he had to take over his pizza shop. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a Trailer Park Boys plot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we are talking about the fight to survive the first of six young adult, not young adult, young reader Boba Fett books. Junior, uh, junior, junior, junior novelizations. If you acquire some of your Star Wars books through where Justin and I get them, it is in a folder called Juvenile as well. Is that so, where it was? Okay. Did you not find it? I just searched it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's where they live. I mean, a fit like totally, totally official, like purchased copies. It's just there's a uh, a recommended folder set up to store them in, and that's that's yeah. that's the only thing I'm talking about. I've got it. Yeah, I got it right over there. Yeah. It was in that one. Inside next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So different authors for the first two and the last four. So we're gonna have to keep an eye open for some mm-hmm. for some thematic and tonal shifts here. After that author, this author whose name I definitely know got. <laughs> God Terry fired, is what we're gonna, yeah, that's what we're going with. Terry Pratchett. But before Imagine. we get into both, <laughs> a Terry Pratchett Star Wars novel would be actually pretty amazing. Can we get no, young, specifically young Boba Fett Attack of the Clones tie-in novel. Yeah. We'll get some people on that. Reach out to his estate. <laughs> you got a Ouija board? <laughs> Wahoo! That's a little Ouija board, sorry. But any Star Wars news for us to cover before we get into this? There's uh, one, so I'm setting you up for a, a donk here, I think. Yeah, you there, do it, know the news? There is news? The news as well. There was news. What? Oh, Bad Batch. Bad trailer. Batch trailer. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Bad Batch trailer. It was good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. We talked about this last week. I, like, like I predicted, the trailer looks great, but I can't say like I'm super excited for it just because I know what we're getting with the Bad Batch. I, I just need to watch the episodes. Be the same with the Clone Wars, really. Yep. So there is one thing that came out of that trailer that is relevant oh, yeah. to the podcast, where we were going to do Destiny's Way next week, mm. uh, but what we're thinking is should it should it be next week? Did we talk to Zach about the specific date? Was Zach's already read it, so I think he should be good. Yeah, let's do it next okay. week. Okay. So what we're actually going to do next week is read Dark Disciple or Disciple. Yeah, Dark Disciple, mm-hmm. the Ventress book, considering her her upcoming appearance in Bad Batch season three. And the internet being lit on fire by the idea that there could be a contradiction, but we don't know how she's back, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah, so we're going to read Ventress with special guest Zach, who has been on the podcast before. I forget Never what it was on me, for. No, oh right, well you were gone. Me and him read one of the books, mm. but you were here for for Scourge. Was that Ilkin or Zach? The, was I here the, for Scourge? I don't think I was. I think that was while I was. I think that was actually Ilkin, though. So I forget what Zach yeah. and I read. 
Heir to the Jedi or something? Light of the Yeah, it could be. Like the Luke Skywalker book from the Galactic Civil War era that was like in canon, but not. I think that's what it was. I completely forget what happened in that book, though. But yeah, so Dark Disciple next week, which I'm excited for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be good. I don't. I don't. I don't know when the last time. I don't know if I may have never read it before. I'm trying to think. I know it's kind of early new canon book. I mean, I'm sure I, I know what happens in it, so I feel like I've read part of it, but I might have also just completely forgotten it. Yeah, I've never read it, so it'll be a new experience for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that'll be next week. And Zach's then week one of his favorites, that. though. Yeah, so he he was as soon as we mentioned it, Zach wanted to be on board with that. Yeah. So that'll be February first. We read that. Then the the following weeks, we'll probably do more Boba Fett and we'll get to Destiny's Way in the lead up to me not living here anymore. Right. How many weeks do you have left? I am moved. Like, I get the house February 29th. Right. But our move, like our actual move. So we'll, because of how it was supposed to be in up, March, but it got moved. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was going to be like a week later. It got moved into end of February. So we have this place till March 31st. Right. We're going to be. Like our movers were already booked just for trashing it. Yeah, just absolutely yeah. demolished. There's going to be so many little holes in the drywall from unscrewing stuff. It's crazy. Bye bye damage deposit. That's not legal. Oh, for for drywall holes. Well, you can't do security deposits like that. Oh, really? For damage deposits. Oh, yeah. you can you can get the last month's rent as a deposit, but mm-hmm. it can't be used to pay for damage. It is 100% last month's rent. And oh. then anything I else? didn't know that. I mean, I, I've only ever rented one place and it was in Toronto. So you'd think I know that, but I don't know if it was on the up and up or whatever the expression yeah. is. I'll, a lot of landlords will try to do that kind of thing, but they can't. So my, my landlord said one animal and we just blatantly fucking <laughs> lied to her and then hid the cat whenever she came over. I don't think the no pet clauses are allowed anymore. Either. They weren't when I was there, but it was a private condo. Yeah. So it was a uh, right condo fee or condo rules can be different. Yep. Compared to we were renting a condo. Renting. So yeah. Well, technically they can refuse to rent to you if you have a pet, but mm-hmm. they can't, if you say, I don't have a pet move in and then get a pet, there's nothing they could do. Oh, so, okay. I didn't uh, know that part, but this is actually very relevant to this book. Because we are exploring Boba's life in Attack of the Clones. So it, the first half of the book is Attack of the Clones. It is Boba just go like it's Attack of the Clones from Boba's perspective and a bit of his life there. And then it goes into his first few days without his dad around. And so getting together the money for a security deposit or for a deposit on a new apartment is going to be, I think, a big part of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to how that's going to come about. But what were your general thoughts of? I mean, I already know you don't like it, but I did. Is it okay? So I I liked it more as I went through it, but the first few pages, the writing is just so melodramatic, and it's like Boba had. It is. It, I, I totally agree, but I thought it was comparing it to like the other young children's book. I thought the writing was a million times better than Children of the Jedi. No, oh, for sure. But I think this is also aimed at maybe a little bit older than Children of the Jedi or yeah. Jedi Prince, rather. I got this. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Jedi, Jedi Prince. Yeah. <laughs> still better though i got this when i was <laughs> when i was 10 and i feel like i was pretty much right squarely in there this was one of the first star wars books that i really really remember and i feel like it was kind of like right squarely in my 
age range. I remember it came in like a big silver hardcover. Well, not that big, but I tried to find it at home and I couldn't, but I'm going to look again. It's uh, I unlike some of the other ones that we've read, like the Young Jedi Knight stuff, I hadn't read this one before as a kid. Like, I, I think I'd read one or two of these books from this series just because they were in my aforementioned teachers, like from the last few episodes, his little library thing. So I think they're, I think the Crossfire one was in there and that's why it sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't remember a single thing from it other than the plot of this being kind of familiar because I've seen the movie version of it. <laughs> kind of crazy that this is like out of all the Star Wars books, this is the one that gets a movie adaptation. Yeah, it, it's it was just so popular. The ten year olds demanded it, and you know they're a powerful, powerful group. The it, I guess we don't really need to give a plot overview for the first half, at least, because I mean, so Boba Fett's a kid; he's got no friends, not one. No friend. That's that's no true. mom. That's very emphasized. No mom, no bitches, and later, no money. He does that's, think Padme is hot, and also wants her to be his mom, though. So he's got I a very I, that. I i think it does a good job at setting up like incel boba from the other books totally where like there's the one lango or lango lesson from django which are annotated as parentheses jfc which means something entirely different now. yeah so that's, that was fun. yeah but no women were involved no he's just jordan peterson the clone hell we're in no hell women were involved listen boba keep your room clean the other clones they don't do it <laughs> you will this is why this army is all men that look like me Otherwise, the other clones behave like lobsters <laughs> not you not you all the lobsters get eaten when i put them in the pond because <laughs> boba is left in charge the Django goes out on some errand and yeah. because the the theme of the book is surviving reading is good oh yeah yeah I think well, I said yeah, the reading is good. Reading. Another theme as well, because yeah. uh, Boba reads like actual, honest to goodness hardcover books, yeah. like paper just, and everything. On unfortunately, Camino. it is just Mein Kampf. <laughs> is that is the description of the books that Boba's reading about kids going on adventures? Is that accurate to Mein Kampf? I haven't read it. I'm not going to go there. Yet you did. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, that's the only thing he's got in the world is books. I see. I like this. The reason why I like this book so much as a kid is because yes, his dad dies and that sucks. But like at the same time, it's kind of epic because he's got Slave One. He's got. This money is why waiting. I didn't invite you to my mom's funeral. Yeah, I'm like, Court, you could do whatever you want now. <laughs> you, you got, got the minivan. <laughs> yeah, you got one tank of gas left. You got the whole galaxy ahead of you. And I don't think. I'm not sure if I got the second book, but I remember reading the end of this one and being pumped. I was like, I want to see what he does next. Live with Count Dooku in a very Lemony Snicket style. Yeah. Have you, you haven't read that, right? Oh, yeah. About as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it, it's basically the kids going to live with Count Olaf. Count Olaf. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I read it. Isn't there like 30 Lemony Snickets? Like, I'm sure I've read. I think there's like 12 in the main thing, and then there's a few spinoffs, but I don't know. I actually only read it recently. Series of Unfortunate Events, right? Yeah. Wow, the dude that wrote that is only 53 years old? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, they came out like early 2000s. Did he write it when he was like 30? That's crazy. Yeah. Then they made two movie adaptations about it. 
He read the he wrote the first Lemony Snicket book when he was twenty nine years old. That's crazy. That, I just mean that feels that seems young to you know pen the beginning of such a successful series. Does it not? Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm just I don't know. I don't lost think so. Like a lot huh? of the old is Michael Stackpole. He's only like sixty or seven. He's six, Michael Stackpole is sixty six. So mm. he was writing yeah the X wing books from seven years before then. So or. It was five years, so yeah, okay. God damn, I just I'm just trying to come to terms with being old and unsuccessful, I guess. That like Lonely Snicket books are just such a rabbit hole of like the actual plot just isn't in the book. Like you mm-hmm. it, there's so many layers to that series that it's it's just amazing. It's just amazing. The VFD, the fact that like their mom is actually alive throughout the yeah. actual series, and you don't even know that unless you like do a thorough analysis of everything going on. It's I, I just love that shit. Just eat that right up. Yeah, we we used to read them in class. I think we got through like seven or eight books in one year. Like just the teacher reading them to us, mm-hmm. or reading them, making people I, read them. What I'm saying is we should do the, the series of unfortunate events books for our next yeah. young reader series. But, but yeah, so Boba he he always he's a regular at the Camino Library in Topoca City. With his good friend were who turns out to be a real one later on in the book, but he's the books on Camino being actual books. I don't like. I was trying to think of like how do these get shipped in? Do they have a library exchange program with somewhere else? But I guess Zam brings some for him. But then why would he have to go to the library for it? It's just we're writing them himself, so he's like super pumped that someone's enjoying them. <laughs> he's just a Chat GPT librarian. It's just, it's just- He's just it's just droid replacement conspiracy theories. He's just <laughs> radicalizing Boba. Well, he's got no other framework for how the galaxy works. So it seems like when they're leaving Camino that he's never actually been off planet before. Yeah, but it kind of pulls that back pretty quickly. Yeah, he's like the I guess just being impressed by space, even if you've been there a few times is fair enough. The big empty or whatever it's called. Yeah, and yeah, I, I do like how He's like, oh, he goes from Camino to Geonosis. Like the yep. the dude's got the worst time ever. Well, you get a a broad range of experiences from that. Yeah, but they're both bad. Like I just, just think it was kind of weird that like you have that and then you go to Coruscant. Like, yeah, this is this is fine. Yeah, it doesn't even you know mention exactly it. where to go. Just like one other planet. Oh yeah, go to that one bar. No problem. Yeah, I got it. Can handle that. It's on autopilot already. But he, um, with the survival, Django has a pet eel mm-hmm. for some reason. And right. Because so Django Boba's, leaves Boba yeah. at home like all the time. Like he goes out, has to do stuff, se- semen sample for the Caminoans. He just leaves <laughs> Boba there for days. And he's but like, Django, we can, we can just take a hair. And- no, no I, I like to do it myself. And the, the, the way they, uh, the way they do it is like he leaves like five pieces of toast out. He's like, he's like, once you've eaten all those toasts, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Feed one mouse to the thing every day. And then Boba being left in charge of feeding the seal. He's not mature enough for this because he wants no. to free all the, all the mice that he's supposed to feed to the eel and they get eaten or and killed in some other way. He does a terrible job. Yeah. Then mm. he has to free the eel when they're fleeing fleeing the planet and it immediately gets eaten by something else as well so 
Yeah, he just he just doesn't do a good job like at all. It, he's kind of like the opposite of the of adjacent solo because like he really besides for that one creature he kind of wants like nothing to do with with any living thing. <laughs> And well, he even says at the end, like he was kind of getting into the execution, like, of course we're doing this. It's for fun. It's great. When they're at the yeah, arena. Yeah, he he's he's totally into it. He's he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, I know. He's for sure a little. Yeah. And like the little like sand snake is like is like snuggling up to him and he's like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> the only creature that he wanted he's to like, stay Don't alive. Touch me. Was his dad and Zam Wessel, I guess. But the the reason yeah. that Boba's or that Django's gone and he has the five little mice to feed the eel is because Django's on that job with Zam to kill Padme. But mm-hmm. he he comes back. Boba basically sees Zam as his mom because mm-hmm. and the, his only other friend, I guess. So Django and Zam must work together a lot, and she's just at the apartment all the time. Fortunately, Django does have to shoot her. So, yeah, he's like, you don't want to know how she died, boy. I did it. It was she died. She died like a dog. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I put her down like a dog. Like that. Don't tell me anymore. Like, he's like, like a dog, boy. Why didn't you shoot the uh, Jedi that were over her at the moment that she was getting? Yeah, like, like, did you not have a clean shot at the Jedi? One hundred percent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was waiting. <laughs> But I well, do appreciate that the book the book doesn't try to make Boba into like a pure little boy who, you know, was was corrupted. Like from the beginning, he's 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 a little bit of a sicko, isn't he? Yeah, like he wants to be a bounty hunter like his dad. Yeah. Django wants a bounty hunter like himself to be existing in the galaxy when he's old and able to be replaced by his own clone. So is this he's what Django is like as a kid, man? Yeah, he's very excited about the potential of shooting Obi-Wan as well. Yeah. Like when he's on the landing platform. Because he does know how to... He's only 10, but he knows how to use the ship. Which, yeah, that makes sense. He's been training for this forever. And then this guy just shows up. There's some bad acting between the two of them. Like Mm -hmm. the... Possibly. And even Boba sees through that. So... There's three times where he's very Yeah, it kind of does the... It kind of does the... Revenge of the Sith thing, where like it's pretty much the same conversation as the movie, but like sometimes they'll add just a little extra line in there. And like, yeah, every time I'm like, I don't know if that line really added anything, but no, there's at least one place I'm, where I'm not like, mad about it just being there. Copy the exact thing you just said from the movie and repeat it. But I think yeah. there was, but I have one accidental note from this. Uh, I had a real note somewhere, but I don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. So never mind. That comes later. But, but yeah. So my, my when, note was uh, only Boba's got no friends, lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Django is away, he certainly has no friends. And that's when he gets really into the books. But, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So they head to Geonosis. They have the asteroid field fight where Boba's bloodthirsty side comes out. And then we get we get some of Django and Boba living on Geonosis. They have an apartment. There's some basic speaking Geonosians that sound like Scottish policemen, in my head at least. Yeah, I was like, damn, they're speaking a lot of English for bugs. But I guess they can. Dude, I mean, Poggle didn't even speak basic to, to 
Dooku. Yeah, that's right. He just clicked, didn't he? I was thinking, yeah. are there any Genosians who speak? Yeah, even the one in Rebels just speaks bug. No. It's like with, with Genosians oh, and Rhodey. Oh, oh, oh. like, that's pretty good. The mouth shaped. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was a slur, so don't say that again. <laughs> that was a slur for Genosians without... <laughs> uh, the production. It's gonna make it very hard. Gen- is that word anymore? But, but yeah, so they're they're on Genosis. Boba sneaks out, and, and he's going to explore the planet. But he ends up finding that Obi Wan is is on the planet, and so mm-hmm. we get the feel that in Attack of the Clones, the reason that Obi Wan is found and everything happens is Boba discovers him. So arguably the Clone Wars are Boba's fault and Django dying is also Boba's fault. I was trying to think back and like, goddamn, I can't even remember what how Obi-Wan gets captured. All I remember is Count Dooku having him in his like sex swing and him sneaking into like the factory. Doesn't he does he not sneak into the factory and like look at the separate well, meeting? Over the, yeah, he's looking over the thing and then mentally what and I've the, done that with, one's I've with his into... nipples, Wat Tambor. Like, yeah, the of the techno union, you get the best remix in history from that. But yeah, the the way I picture it is Obi Wan's looking at that meeting, and then he turns around, and Dooku's standing right there. But I made that up. Saruman, <laughs> Master Kenobi, you're in the wrong fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I that's funny. I, I genuinely can't remember how he gets captured. Well, we know what happens after is he gets strung up on the thing to get executed. They have one creature for Anakin, one creature for Padme, one creature for Obi-Wan. And the way that the book covers this part of it is Boba thinking that Padme is incredibly beautiful and the way he wants the, the execution to go down once they start escaping is for Boba to somehow help Padme escape and then the two of them mm-hmm. would be sitting in the bleachers watching and laughing together as Anakin and Obi-Wan get eviscerated by these wild animals. Which I appreciate it. Man, man's got a isn't he's, he's not the first prepubescent boy who's fallen in love with Padme, and probably not the last. It never like it's never a good sign for anyone when any of these people like there's no one that's been in love with Padme who didn't turn into a horrible person. Yeah. I yeah. poor Padme. Well, hey, in canon, Boba's turned it around. So let's, you know. But I guess this is a legend story, so. Yeah, but we can assume like everything in here is compatible except for like even the Aura Singh stuff makes sense. Yeah. So we can yeah. assume that this happened. And there yeah. it it makes it make sense that Boba Fett as in the book of Boba Fett doesn't understand how municipal governments work. So I want to start a crime family that just does regular shit here. Oh, you want to be mayor? No crime lord. Yeah, it was crazy how we gave him a civics book and he just he left it there accidentally. <laughs> oh, speaking of things left there accidentally, yeah. The the book Oh yeah. When Zam dies, I always remember this part as a kid. I don't know why. Django has a an, a whole crisis about the fact that his job's dangerous. Someday he won't be there either because someone might shoot him who's supposed to be his friend like he did to Zam. And yep. Legit. so 
he records another message for Boba that's going to spit relevant knowledge at him at the right time. And when Boba goes to open it up, he's like, no, only open that if I'm dead. I thought this was so cool. Like as a kid, I thought there was like an essence of Django back in there. I don't know why. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Could talk to his dead dad. It's the tape recorder playing. It's just the- like it, it's literally just like fortune cookies. Like, like talk to your coworkers and great success you will have. Like, let's go. Does Yoda do the fortune cookies in Alphabetix? <laughs> might, might. Okay. Well, with with the execution underway, as we all know, Mace Windu shows up. The clones show up. Boba just kind of runs around the battle and gets his yep. father's decapitated head that he hangs around with a bit. He gives Django he a get nice... The head, he talks about the body, but... Well, the, the head's in the helmet. No, the helmet's just... empty. Okay, it was... It is. It is. If you watch the movie, the head actually, you can see the shadow on the ground as well. Okay. The head leaves and the helmet is empty. Well, either way, it, they're not going to put that in a kid's book. So, No, like uh, it says, he finds the empty helmet. The helmet's got no head in it. You say empty for that part? Because I was I was wondering how they were going to... Because I was wondering, because I remember in the movie that happening, so I was like, okay, how okay, are they going to yeah. deal with this? Is this is his head is going this to be in it? Or is it going to be... face? More familiar, in fact. It was bloody. It was empty. It was as blank and as yeah. final as the period of the end of the book. Okay, bloody? That's not... That doesn't match I guess up. there was a little... Yeah, that's true. So his his, his head fall, like rolls out before Boba gets it, and then that gets no, scooped up by the cleaner the droids movie. after? This is actually in the movie. When his head is... When he gets decapitated... There's two shadows on the ground. So his head goes flying and his helmet also goes flying. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. What what are the physics of that? I don't know. I'm guessing there was some sort of spring loaded mechanism <laughs> just for that purpose. Inject <laughs> in, in case of Boba. Don't let, don't let my boy see this. <laughs> Wee. So the, exactly. the clones mistake Boba for one of them. He gets left on the battlefield. One of them tries to help him. But mm-hmm. after the battle, which would be Boba very traumatic. Yeah. I I never thought about that before. Like the for one, you think you think they'd recognize like that? Hey, that's a little that's a little clone out there. But well, also they for did. Him, they, I guess, he's like, oh, I thought it was one of us, and yeah, I don't know why they decide he couldn't be, but because he is basically, yeah. Just like, did one of the younger ones get accidentally transported out here? Who knows. But he, he marks Boba marks the grave of Django with some bent battle droid arms that he pulled around to, to say J? JF. He makes he makes both. No so C. if you're ever on yep. no. Well the, he's not bearing the Django fat code. He hasn't even opened that. Well, the book mm-hmm. he hasn't. He's he's heard the mental or the 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 verbal he, one, which I think is supposed to be like, oh, this is just the bounty hunter's code. No. It's the Mandalorian code. No. No, it's just random bullshit that his dad made up. Like when there's a the ten rules fridge, for dating my teenage bounty hunter. Yeah, I, eight. Sorry, eight simple rules. Yeah, I like I, also, I was dead, picturing dead John dad. Ritter. At dead dad. Yeah, yeah. It really. I I rewatched that show a while while ago, like a long while ago. But it always mm-hmm. like I don't think they even got to the full first season with John Ritter alive. Really? Like oh, I always met- between the first and second. Wow. See, I, I never watched it like in order, 
But like in my head, it was always like they made it like three seasons and then he died. But yeah, I think it was. Yeah, when it's okay, so they made it through one season, renewed for a second season, and production had begun. Ritter's sudden death on September 11th, 2003, left the series in an uncertain position. So, September 11th was uh, the day John Ritter got replaced with David fucking Spade. Hmm. Well, they replaced him, what, a little bit later? How many episodes was he in? God, there was 28 episodes in the first season. Jesus Christ, Star Wars could never. I know as what it used to be like back then, even like premium, like I'm watching the Sopranos. I think season one had 12 or 14 episodes and they're all long. Yeah. Like premium 13 episodes. So they went, they went three seasons. The show is only three seasons long and it was 76 episodes total. Wow. It's like some Clone Wars shit. Yeah. Well, with the Clone even, Wars now, even like underway. Breaking Bad, that had, I think season one, yeah, season one of Breaking Bad was short, but then like season five had seven, 16 episodes. Well, season five was split in half, right? When it aired, two parters, like so I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, I think the other seasons were like 20 episodes for the most part, mm-hmm. but maybe a bit shorter. But yeah, uh, 28 is just, it just seems unreasonable. 24, sure. 28 well like it's the same with like roseanne you ever watch roseanne back in the day yeah yeah like those were just i really liked roseanne and those shows were just like they just filmed them in front of a live studio audience you know obviously not saying it doesn't take work but like film in front of a live studio audience you kind of just very simple sets into one set you know yeah so like they had 10 seasons of roseanne with 230 episodes I just remember that Rory was hamster baiting. I don't remember that. that was, that's the only joke I remember where like I think the brother turned into a hamster and then like I think Rory's hamster baiting again. So there's a I just remember Roseanne's bathroom was really sick. It was like very like when people talk about like the eighties nostalgia where it's like all pink and like palm tree, that's like Roseanne's bathroom. Well, the you can probably still see it because the Connors is still on. Just Roseanne's is, yeah. a dead one instead of instead of Dan. Well, it was kind of oh, yeah, true, but it was kind of weird too because yeah, Dan dies, and then they before Roseanne was racist. Well, I mean, she before we knew Roseanne was racist, they actually rebooted Roseanne before it became yeah. the Connors. Yeah, and then that yeah. lasted like a season or two before Roseanne was removed from it. And I think it was just one, out. yeah. Yeah, because like it was it wasn't even that Dan died in the show, like the final season of Roseanne's first run, like the last episode was just to reveal that like Roseanne, as it had happened, was just like fan fiction that Roseanne had written about her life after after Dan had died of a heart attack or something. And I think like he might have died in there. It was related to some war in Iraq or something. I forget exactly what the guy dies of a heart attack. Classic. But Boba not, not anymore though. John Goodman, he's like skinny now. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always get Tom Arnold as Roseanne's actual husband and John oh, Goodman yeah. as the fake husband mixed up. But anyways, the, uh, did you ever watch Mike and Molly? Not like or are you watch, familiar watch, with? It? I, I'm familiar with the 
So that's, I never watched an episode of my life, but like, that's a show where, like, it used to see commercials for it every day. On the guy from Mike and Molly, he must have lost like 200 pounds. Have you seen him? He's like, look up, his name is, his name is uh, Billy Gardle. Look up Billy Gardle weight loss. Because he's on a show called, oh, I forget what it's called, Bob Hart's Abby Sola, I think. And he's Damn, like, yeah. he's good for him. Yeah. Take some work. Yeah. Man, how I I thought Mike and Molly was Kevin James. No, yeah. But you know who's not Kevin James is Boba Fett, who now is fatherless. And yeah. one of the messages from Django says, If I'm gone, find Count Dooku. He'll give you the money that I put aside for you. So I guess Dooku is just like the bank. bank now? Guy. Yeah. And well, Boba doesn't know where Dooku could be. So he goes to the moons of Bogdan, which is where Django had encountered or encountered Count Dooku. Yeah, he really and, takes a, he takes quite a leap of faith. Yeah. Well, I've heard that Count Dooku was there at some point, even though I know he was last seen on the planet I'm on right now, which Republic occupied now. So obviously you can't yeah. still be there. But the, with absolutely no leads, the kid just goes and gets robbed like three or four times we get a nice little heist in the middle here but he he lands poorly breaks the strut gets ripped off by the guy offering to fix it because one of the one of the first tips that that Jango don't trust says, anybody if it's too well, don't trust anyone if it's too good to be true it is basically don't give anyone full information about what you're bargaining with or whatever and he's like well i have to always wash always wash your butthole yep that I, I don't think he's actually made it to that one yet oh no, that's next book yeah yeah so That's, actually, Count Dooku has to sit him down and tell him he stinks. He'd forgotten that he had given the the book to the library on the way off Camino. Yeah. So there's a whole little thing where he doesn't have it. Because it looks like a book. So he's got it with his other books. Because one thing that's not in the movie, when Django and Boba <laughs> Fett are doing their desperate flee from Camino, I'm not joking. Boba Fett goes and returns his library books. Yep. That's when he releases the eel. Yeah. But, but he, were the librarian tries to call him like, oh, come back. You forgetting something. But instead of just throwing the book at the little shit, he doesn't do anything. But that means that when Boba comes back for the book, were is able to be like, ah, oh, well, there's a fine on this because we've had it for too long and sets Boba up with 250 credits. Like what? A, like what that, a yeah. Yeah. Absolute amazing move. Great stuff. Yeah. You'd think Django would have some credits on his ship. At least three. Yeah. But yeah, like literally, literally nothing. Boba has 250 credits, gets swindled out of 200 for a ship repair. The guy takes Slave One and is going to strip it for parts. But then some other guy that he's helped is like, oh, we'll, we'll go and get that back. And then he wants to help him on a heist. So they get some fake credits, but he takes the fake credits because he's really not learning that you don't trust people. To be fair, though, he does get it fixed. And for 250 credits, he breaks like two struts. Yeah, it's it, it was a good price, but he was like never actually going to fix the ship. for No. Him. So no. until he got caught. And then as soon as you're caught, this is the thing with these guys. As soon as you're caught, That's you right. own up to it. And now you're, now you're, you're laughing like chumps because you almost you almost ripped off a 10 year old boy, but you did not. Yeah. And the other people who rip him off are these bounty hunters who there's a bounty out for Boba now, because I guess the Republic or the Jedi put a bounty on him. 
is what I'm understanding from this. Like, bro, he's tat chill. Yeah. So they're the ones that tell him, you know what? If you're looking for Count Dooku, go to this, go to Steve's backhole bar on Coruscant and say you're looking for of him. Of all places, yeah. set up. The dude's like 10. Just fucking kidnap him. Yeah, it's not difficult. Like, they, they made it there before he did. They yeah. could easily have just taken him on their ship, but instead they're like, oh, he'll he'll get there eventually, I guess. They just didn't want to be like the guys who kidnapped a ten year old. It's just a tough look. It's like, oh, you you kidnapped a ten year old, really? Okay. Well, they wanted the credit for it. Sicko. Yeah. <laughs> well, but they didn't well, want to be those guys. Yeah. Well, no one wants to be those guys, but in their line of work, they've they've signed up to be those guys. There's nothing else you can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's true. So he gets to, to to the bar on Coruscant with no directions other than this bar on Coruscant mm-hmm. in the Undercity. So there he goes. And the bounty hunters are there. The bartender, I guess, who's in on this is there. And Boba's like, well, hold on. If you get me to, to, to Count Tyrannus, he'll give you more money or I'll be able to give you more money. And then he gives a fake phone number for Count Duke. 8675309. Ask for Jenny. I got it. I got it. I know know you did. Some of our viewers are younger, though. No, that's the the next line in this. Oh, yeah. Okay. But someone didn't get it. But luckily for everyone involved, Aura Singh shows up. Mm -hmm. Papuse, papuse, papuse. But now she kidnaps him. She's got mixed intentions. She does kidnap him. Like, a little. Only a little. A little bit. She takes the ship. Like, she knew Django. I feel like there may, may even be a love story out there between her and Django in one of the other novels. I can't remember. But she does deliver him to Raxus, which is yeah. where Count Dooku is. Yeah, and Raxus then, she, yeah, and then she fucks off with Slave One. Yeah. Or, and then Dooku will never see I mean. And so that's where the, the next book when it's going to tie into the, I believe it ties into the Attack of the Clones video game for the Xbox. There's a there's there's a good amount of video game tie-ins for this. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll continue to go down the Boba Fett rabbit hole here. But how is this stacking up compared to the other young adult readers? Or fucking, I'm going to keep doing that. Junior better reader. than every Jedi Prince. Yep. Better than the worst young Jedi Knight. In my opinion. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, it has some heart. Totally it has some heart, but the story is not as interesting as. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're getting a nice psychological profile of a psychopathic twelve-year-old. Yeah, he's already a sick puppy for sure. Very sick puppy. He when that reek got put down on Gino, it's like yes, fucking yeah, I fucking hate animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Any. Any other thoughts, Corey? What about you? You you agree? And any other thoughts in the novel? You mean I agree with his treatment of animals, or I agree with your assessment of the just the whole the everything? Just no. any last thoughts? Okay. Well, then I disavow all of Boba's treatment of animals in this book and any other books, and also in Book of Boba Fett. Why not? Yeah. But okay. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. See how the relationship with with Aura develops. Because I think she's in basically all the other ones mm-hmm. now. I think we're gonna maybe see some Bosk. Who knows what's gonna sh- what's gonna happen? So mm-hmm. it's all gonna be all the gonna whole crew stuff. will be around. There you go. Do How we? Uh, you, 
No? Do we have any emails or anything we want to get to before we end her? Uh, yeah, I guess we can. I can fire up the old email account, you know, and see what offers for fake sponsorships we've been given. Oh, we got a, an email from Mike titled Email Question Do Not Skip, Not an Ad, I Swear. Okay. Was this from you? Did you write this email to us? No, I didn't. No. Okay, so Mike says, Hi, Corey and Trevor. Which NJO video game would you rather have? An OG Battlefront 3 featuring New Republican Yuzon Vong or a Jedi Outcast slash Academy sequel you play as Kyle Katarn during the Vong War? Please be specific. Dark, thank uh, you. Mike. Definitely the second one. Yeah, 100%. Because, like, can you imagine how boring it'd be to play as the Vong? You'd be throwing thud buds thud bugs. or thud bugs <laughs> and whipping people with your staff. I mean, like, I I was never a big fan of Battlefront 2 1. Mm-hmm. So I'm well noted as a hater of that. And I just, I just, like, the Jedi Academy games or Jedi Knight games are just so much fun. And the story yeah, they're good. a blast. The Vong would be fun to fight as well. I mean, it would remove, you wouldn't be able to, I guess. You wouldn't be able to force lightning them or force push them. You could throw things at them, and yeah, they'd be they'd be an interesting enemy. Like I, yeah. I they'd be different than like the because in like in the other games, it's like you've got the stormtroopers and dark Jedi and sometimes special enemies. The dark Jedi are like kind of assholes to fight, but like you get one hit on them and they're dead, so it's kind of interesting. I guess the Vong would be kind of the same way, but without the force powers. Yeah, like you get the slayers towards the end, maybe. So you got some Jedi-like enemies, which is, I mean, the lore on that's kind of weird. Like, I think we actually be Jedi. We'll have to mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. But yeah, uh, 100% Jedi Knight. Seeing more Kyle during the the Vong War, like we get in that would that be a good. Age? That would make sense too, because you'd get to yeah, be continuing his story because he's not really there much, and then get him in. Yeah. Yep. So thank you, Mike. I think we're all on the same page there, at least. Uh, Podbean saying your episode is ready for review. Colleen is once again immediately requesting help. And we have a question from Paul who is asking, Long time no see. I know this isn't relevant to the story you're reading now, but I want to say I was listening to Outbound Flight audiobook and thought it was great. Definitely a fave of mine. My main question is that I recall you guys mentioning Outbound Flight was technically canon since events similar to it are mentioned in the first Ascendancy book. Do you think the events of Outbound Flight could technically be canon since it doesn't really conflict with the new canon too much? And do you think Jorah Sabayoth could fit into the canon as well? Found him to be a very interesting character, if not kind of an asshole. And this story definitely helps me appreciate Thrawn all the more. There are elements that can work. Like, just to be clear, the the idea of there being something like the Outbound Flight is canon, but the... Specific events and characters. Yeah, in the specific book, certainly is not. Even if they made the outbound flight canon, it wouldn't make the rest of the book. I know most of you know that, but some of you might be confused. Like, there are aspects of Thrawn's character that have been changed. Like, the big one that I'm thinking of is how he's exiled, where in canon, it's, like, explicitly a plan to join the Empire, and it's a false exile. So some of that stuff would need to be changed. And I mean, and also in the outbound flight, that's, really from what i remember one of his first times ever encountering things outside the unknown region and palpatine yeah so that would need to change but the basic idea i think fits yeah like that overall views his stuff as one thing as much as is reasonably possible because he yeah. doesn't really want to deal with anyone else's stories at any point so you can generally assume that like broad strokes the story of Outbound Flight is what's influencing what Zahn is doing in the Ascendancy trilogy. So the references are bringing like the 
the ship itself and what Thrawn was generally up to beforehand into it. But yeah, a lot of the details are not going to be the same or shouldn't be expected to be the same. Mm-hmm. And because that book already exists in Legends, it's probably not going to ever really be directly told in canon. Yeah. It may be uh, a short story or something somewhere. Paul also asked if we were going to review it anytime soon. It's definitely on the list of ones we want to do. It just comes down to when we're done with NJO or any other books like that we're not doing that aren't. So it's really, we want to get NJO done and any other books that we're putting in between NJO are things that are like relevant because they're being released now or like with Dark Disciple, they're tied into something that is coming out in a meaningful way. So Outbound Flight would probably be one of the ones that we do after NJO, but it's mm-hmm. hard to say. Yep. But I think that's the last email that's in here for this week. So I think we're, I think that's it. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. So next week, as mentioned, we're going to read Dark Disciple in preparation for the Bad Batch Season 3. And then once the Bad Batch Season 3 starts, we'll be working those, we'll be working review episodes into our to our show, obviously. But in the meantime, if you've got any questions or comments or concerns, feel free to email us. Tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week. We're also going to play Shrouded on X2 and Corey Lee. I have no idea what this game is, but it's a survival game of some I think it's the one that I that I brought up last year, wasn't it? Or was that vanished? I don't fucking remember. I don't know. We're gonna play games. Yeah, we're gonna play it. Bye. I'm sure it'll be fun. Bye bye.